You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Nolan Hickman has a final three, and there's a lot of SEC connections in his recruitment. There's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Friday, May 14th, and today, of course, is another Gonzaga Five Star Friday. For those new to the show, every Friday I read a Gonzaga story from a listener on how they became a fan of the program. We have had some really, really good ones over the last month, and today we hear from a very active member of Gonzaga Twitter, Joshua Schwader. The other goal with 5 Star Friday is to get as many 5 Star ratings for the podcast as possible. So if you will, please leave us a 5 Star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you want to send your Gonzaga story to me, there are three ways to do so. You can leave it as a review for the podcast. You can direct message me on Twitter at scargo. It's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. Or you can email the podcast, lockedonzags at gmail.com. Let me know why you love Gonzaga and how that love came to be. Okay, without further ado, here's this week's Gonzaga story from Joshua Schwader. I grew up in Missouri since I was eight years old, and my dad is a diehard Oklahoma Sooners fan. I started watching Gonzaga in 2004 because I wanted to stay up and watch Roni Turioff and stay up past my bedtime on weekdays. The big afro, the lovable smile, the team chemistry, that's what got me watching. The moment I found out I was going to be a diehard Zag fan is when Roni said he was coming back to Gonzaga because of Brian Michelson, a walk-on. I didn't know that in the following years I would see so many other great walk-on stories like Mike Hart, Ren Bacchimus, Brian Baskar, and many others. But at the time, I was blown away that somebody would pass up millions of dollars to spend senior night with a great friend. We may never see that happen again. After that, we saw the program grow to a national brand with Adam Morrison. But the years I still wear on my sleeve are the ones that we kept the streak alive. Guys like Stephen Gray, Matt Bolden, Elias Harris, Sam Dower, DeMontis Sabonis, Eric McClellan, Josh Perkins, all kept me thriving with enthusiasm for Gonzaga. I used to work at Jack in the Box all over the world. It was against policy to wear my Gonzaga hat, but not other things. So for five years, I was working at various Jack in the Boxes wearing my Zag gear from 2009 to 2014. Customers noticed and would say something, and I just gave a fist pump like Michael Jordan, thinking I was cool or something. One moment I still tear up just as much as our first Final Four was the 2016 WCC title game. Eric McClellan receives an outlet pass, goes and slams the door on St. Mary's, and Brett Musburger, in one of his last college games, shouts, Let's go dancing, baby. Start the party in Spokane. I still shed a few tears when I watch that game every offseason. I wouldn't have believed you if you told me back in 2004 that we would have had a top five recruiting class, appearances on HBO, Jimmy Kimmel, had a run of six straight Sweet 16s, and gone to two national championship games. It's just completely overwhelming to think what this school in the east part of the state has done that I have no connection to, but somehow people accept me like family, as if I've been on campus my entire life. 
Gonzaga fans are the best fans in the world, and I'm just glad I was a very insubordinate teenager who wanted to stay up till 1 a.m. to watch college basketball a few nights in the dead of winter just to make my parents mad. Now my dad sits and watches games with me when I'm visiting for big games. I'm 30 years old and have tons of special sports memories. Nothing comes close to anything Gonzaga has done. Nothing. It is literally the greatest story in sports. And how about that? We have had multiple stories now from fans all across this country who did not go to the school and still fell in love with Gonzaga simply by watching games when they were a kid. It is really, really amazing and super awesome to hear. So thanks to Josh for sharing his story. Coming up on the rest of the show, we will recap the four big playoff games for the Zags overseas yesterday. We'll also get to our 19th ranked recruiting class in our countdown. But first, a couple of small notes from Thursday. I want to go over a couple of things that Dana O'Neill wrote in her athletic article. She talked to uh, Brian Michelson just on a rundown of the 10 best players that are going to be on the roster next year. And uh, both Brian Michelson and Dan O'Neill kind of were working under the assumption that Drew Timmy would be back. The most interesting part to me of that article was that uh, he he heaped praise, Brian Michelson did, on Dominic Harris. He says that he is probably the best one-on-one defender that they have on the team. And they are losing a lot of defense in Jalen Suggs and Joel Yai and Corey Kispert on the perimeter. And they're going to need somebody to step up and be that uh, kind of lockdown defender. And Dominic Harris has the ability to do that if he buys in. Uh, I think otherwise, a lot of that article kind of felt like coach speak, which is fine. Uh, but it's I think it was kind of hard to tell. Uh, he didn't really give away who was going to be the starters on the team. Uh, but Hunter Salas, Dominic Harris, Julian Strother, Rashir Bolden, all of them are going to get plenty of minutes. And he sounded very confident in all of them. Now the question is whether or not Nolan Hickman comes into the mix. On Thursday, his dad announced that he has a final three of Gonzaga, Auburn, and Kansas, and that a decision is coming in the next week or so. Rivals which is another recruiting site, launched Nolan Hickman into five-star status after the Iverson Classic in their final rankings that came out on Thursday. But they dropped Hunter Salas into a four-star recruit. They dropped him all the way into the 30s. Meanwhile, 24-7 Sports has Salas number seven overall in the entire class. ESPN is right in the middle of those two. So really a wide range of opinions on Hunter Salas. So it's going to be really interesting to see if he is ready to be that dude uh, on day one and if he's closer to a number seven ranking or if he's closer to number 30 ranking. But the nice thing is that he's got so many complimentary pieces around him that he's not going to be required to be a superstar like Jalen Suggs was. So if he's a two-year player, then he turns out to be a two-year player. Uh, But like I said, uh, Nolan Hickman, his recruitment is down to three, Gonzaga, Auburn, and Kansas, and he is about a week or so away from announcing where he's going to go. One final piece of news here real quick is that uh, Gonzaga baseball uh, is playing this weekend, like I mentioned yesterday when we previewed their series. But they are going to travel to Eugene after the series and play Oregon on Tuesday. Oregon is ranked in the top 10 nationally. They were supposed to play three times in May, but all three of those games got canceled because of uh, COVID problems within the Gonzaga program. Luckily, they're able to make up one of those games. So they are going to play Oregon on Tuesday, uh, which is going to be hopefully a battle of top 25 teams as long as Gonzaga takes two or three from Portland this weekend. Okay, coming up, we recap all Prozag's action from Thursday. Four overseas Gonzaga players had playoff games and three of them had absolutely monster performances. We also had some NBA action as well. So we're going to catch you up on everything that happened with Prozags here in just a minute. 
But first, a minute to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NBA and NHL are approaching the playoffs. It's the perfect time to get in on the fun, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and now the NFL with the schedule release coming out this week, and of course your UFC and MMA action as well. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Okay, big day for pro Zags. Let's start overseas first instead of the NBA because this was far more important. Kevin Pangos, Nigel Williams-Goss, Gino Crandall, Kyle Wilcher all had big playoff games on Thursday. Let's start with Kevin Pangos. He set a playoff record for the Zenit Club that he plays in in Russia with 13 assists in a blowout victory. He had 11 points to go with his 13 assists. His team is on to the semifinals of the VTB United League. Uh, well, they will face the winner of a series that is now 1-1, and that series will begin sometime next week. On the other half of the bracket is Nigel Williams-Goss's team, and they won uh, again on Thursday, so they swept their series two games to nothing, just like Kevin Pangos's team did. Their teams are the number one and the number two seeds, and so they would play each other in the championship. Nigel Williams-Goss, 30 points, five rebounds, seven assists, and a seven-point victory. Uh, I believe I saw a stat on Twitter that Nigel is the only player in the VTB League to score 30 points in a playoff game and in a regular season game. So shout to Nigel Williams-Goss for a huge performance. Like I said, both their teams, Pangos and Nigel, in the semifinals, that, that those series will start next week after the uh, other two quarterfinals wrap up. Uh, one of the other series is 1-1. to The other one is one nothing with Game 2 taking place Friday morning. So um, there's no schedule on when exactly the semis will start, but it's going to probably be midweek. Uh, we'll update you on Monday on when exactly that is going to be. Gino Crandall's team, the Leicester Riders, uh, in the British Basketball League, they were up by one point after leg one of their two-leg semifinal match uh, in the May Madness tournament, and they lost game two, 88-69, which is plenty to lose on aggregate. Uh, so Gino's team is eliminated in the semifinals, one stop short of the national championship. Gino finished the game with 11.6 rebounds and nine assists, but the team went three for 24 from beyond the arc, and that is what doomed them. Gino Crandall did win the MVP of the league. He was second in the British Basketball League in assists this season. A really, really good season for Gino Crandall, just one stop short of a national championship appearance, and we'll see what is in store for Gino this offseason. Kyle Wilcher's team in Turkey, they are the sixth seed in their uh, playoff series, so they're playing the three seed, and they played them tough. Uh, they took them down to the wire, uh, but they ended up losing 82-79. to It was not because of Kyle Wilcher. He had 30 points in game one of that series on 13 of 22 shooting. Uh, game two will be Saturday morning at 6 a.m. So if you're interested in waking up and watching that at 6 a.m. on the internet on Saturday morning, 
feel free to do so. If not, you can follow my Twitter feed where I'm sure I'll be posting about it, or you can come back on Monday and hear what happened in that series. It is a best of three series. His team is down one nothing after a three-point loss in game one. Kyle Wiltshire with 30 points on 13 of 22 shooting in the loss. Okay, we turn our attention now to the NBA. DeMontis Sabonis uh, was in action on Thursday, and he struggled for the first time in quite a while. He struggled with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo's length. He had 10 points on 5 of 19 shooting, which is one of his worst performances of the season. He still had 6 rebounds and 14 assists, but he struggled to shoot from the floor. The Pacers lost by 9 to the Bucks, And so if we look at the standings in the Eastern Conference with two games to play, the uh, Indiana Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets are tied for the number 8 and 9 seeds. The Washington Wizards and Rui Hachimura, who were off on Thursday, are one game behind both of them. So either of those three teams can end up being the 8 seed. Like I said before, the 7 and 8 seeds play each other in the play-in tournament. The winner is the 7 seed in the actual NBA playoffs. The loser plays the winner of the 9-10 game to determine who is the actual 8 seed in the NBA playoffs. And the Wizards, who are in that 10 spot, like I said, play the Hornets, who are one game ahead of them, in the final game of the season, which could have huge implications. So Rui and DeMontis Sabonis are both going to be in the play-in tournament and they could play each other. Um, It's just a matter of what happens here in the final two games of the year. And on the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies won. Brandon Clark had a nice game off the bench, as he normally does. Uh, They won 116-110 to over the Sacramento Kings. Brandon Clark played 21 minutes. Uh, It was 5 for 7 from the field. He had 12 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, and a block, and no turnovers, which, again, sounds like most Brandon Clark nights. Memphis Grizzlies now tied with the Golden State Warriors with two games to play, and the Grizzlies and Warriors play each other in the final game of the season. They are battling for that number eight seed for the right to, in all likelihood, play the Lakers, uh, who would be the seven seed. All right, that's enough of Prozags. We'll update you on Monday on exactly what is going to happen in the NBA playoffs. Coming up to finish the show, we are going to reveal the number 19 rank recruiting class of the Mark Few era. It is the most recent group we have revealed so far, and I don't know if it's necessarily going to be controversial, but it might, Uh, but I am going to explain why I have it lower than most might assume. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate and all bars. I had a cookies and cream bar this afternoon. They're delicious. Listen to some of the amazing flavors they have right now. Peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and several others. If you aren't sure what you want, you can try a mixed box with multiple flavors, which is what I like to do. All of them are soft, easy to chew, absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They are great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most bars have between 17 and 19 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, as I do before all these recruiting rankings, just a quick recap for those who are new and just tuning in for these. Over the next month, we are counting down the worst recruiting class to the best recruiting class of the Mark Few era. They do include transfers, and those transfers count from the year they entered the program. The most notable walk-ons also are included. These are my own personal rankings, and they are a combination of talent, success, and what they meant to the program as a whole, 
which that last part is going to be very key to today's uh, class. Yesterday was the class of 2002 with an epic throwback call from Greg Heister in the 2006 season. Today, the 19th ranked recruiting class is the class of 2018. The class of 2018 includes Philip Petrushev, Greg Foster, and Gino Crandall. Now, on the face, you might be thinking, there's no way that this could be the 18th class. Well, let me explain why I think that it is. This class did not necessarily change anything in the program. You know what I mean? Like, there's several classes that are going to come up next week that are mainly one-player recruiting classes. Like, Dan Dickow's class is mainly a one-player recruiting class. Roni Turioff's one-player recruiting class. Matt Bolden, more or less, one-player recruiting class. Like, But those three players all had huge impacts on the program that made an impact for future years. Philip Petrushev did not make a big enough impact on this program for an impact on future years. You know, Gino Crandall ended up getting hurt halfway through the season and he just wasn't the same and he didn't play very well in the NCAA tournament. Greg Foster transferred out after a year. So the major impact as a whole won't be, you know, lasting enough. Like Roni Turioff, he opened the door for more and more international big-time recruits. Dan Dickow was one of the biggest uh, you know, transfers from a, a power school, and he opened the door for that. Matt Bolden was a four-year starter. Philip Petrushev, great player. WCC Player of the Year, he averaged 17.5 points uh, last season. He was huge uh, as a freshman, especially in that Duke game when Killian Tilly was hurt. Really good player. This class, especially Petrushev, was hurt by uh, the coronavirus canceling the NCAA tournament. If they had a run in them and if they could have you know, made a Final Four in that 2020 season, you know, this could have been a different story. If Petrushev stuck around for a third year and he helped them win a national championship this year, maybe it's a different story. But he played two seasons for Gonzaga. The first season where he dropped out of the rotation once they got uh, Killian Tilly healthy and into the NCAA tournament. And the other thing too, to me, is that that 2020 team had so many new pieces to it, and the team was sandwiched in between the 2019 squad, who had a ton of continuity, um, uh, just an unbelievable senior in Josh Perkins, explosive players, and Clark and Rui. Like Their expectations were sky high coming into the season, and then they lost everybody. So it was essentially a brand new roster in 2020. And then the year after that was 2021, where they were the most hyped team in Gonzaga history. So the 2020 team... Not not to say that they're forgotten, but because of uh, COVID, it's just that season didn't have as much of an impact as most recent seasons have. Um, so that's why another reason uh, why this class is ding just a little bit, despite Philip Petrushev being a really good player. He should be drafted in the NBA um, in the coming draft this, uh, this summer. The other two players, like I mentioned in the class, were Greg Foster Jr., who played 28 games as a true freshman in the 18-19 season, but he realized that he was not really going to crack the rotation and get meaningful minutes uh, most of the time in his career. He saw Brock Revae coming in. He saw that they were recruiting Jalen Suggs the year after that. So he ended up transferring to St. Joseph's, where he sat out last season. And then this past season, he got hurt after three games and missed the entire year. So we'll see what Greg Foster's career is in his final two or three seasons at St. Joe's once he gets healthy. And then the last player was Gino Crandall. And 
Gino Crandall averaged 15, 16 points uh, at North Dakota. He had 28 points against Gonzaga in the kennel. North Dakota almost beat them in the uh, 2017-18 season. And so he came in as a grad transfer, and he was solid, um, but he wasn't amazing. And so uh, the, the hand injury that he had where he missed close to 10 games, I think that hurt him a lot. And um, in the, the Florida State, Baylor, and Texas Tech tournament games, um, he was a casualty of a much tighter rotation. He only played eight or nine minutes in all those games. He didn't score. He didn't do a whole lot um, because he wasn't on the court a whole lot. And they needed, especially in the Texas Tech game, they needed more scoring. And so Gino Crandall didn't have as big of an impact as I'm sure he would have liked, although the he had provided moments, especially the BYU game on senior night where he crossed over that BYU kid, um, and that was just unbelievable. The entire senior night game was one of the best senior nights of all time. Um, so he certainly provided moments, uh, but he wasn't the you know double-figure point guard that um, some people thought that he could have been. Um, when he came to Gonzaga. Obviously, he's having a fantastic career overseas. He was the MVP, like I mentioned many times now. He was the MVP of the British Basketball League. Uh, But for Gonzaga's purposes, he was solid but not great. And so there you have it, the class of 2018. Feel free to debate me on this because I think it's interesting. Philip Petrushev is a WCC Player of the Year. He was a fantastic player. But because of the coronavirus, canceling that 2020 season, and... I don't necessarily think he's a transcendent player that's going to get, you know, more players like Dan Dickout did or like Roni Turioff did. He wasn't a four-year starter like Matt Bolden was. So um, that's why I have this class much lower than uh, maybe some others might. Feel free to tweet me and tell me that I'm wrong or that I'm right uh, and give me an explanation for what you think about it all. Okay. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to Josh Schwader for listening and for sending in his story. On Monday, we are going to recap Gonzaga's baseball series with Portland. We will also preview the NBA playoffs, update everything that's going on in the NBA and everything going on overseas with Gonzaga players. And of course, we will get to another recruiting class. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. I'll read them every Friday on the show, just like I did today. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions or ideas that you have or any concerns, criticisms, whatever you want, You can do so, lockedonzags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We will see you back here on Monday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.